This is Referees World with Darren Cullum and Richard Mellon. Hello again and welcome to the Referees World podcast, the monthly audio magazine which offers education and training for referees of all levels. My name's Darren Cullum, I'm affiliated with Somerset FA and this is PGMO Assessor, FA Level 4 Referee Tutor and my mentor, the one, the only, Mr Richard Mellon, ladies and gentlemen. Hello, Darren. Hello, did you like the build-up? Yeah, yeah, no, that I'm, was good. I'm stunned, I'm stunned again. You're stunned the fact that I got your distinguished list of titles correct on the first go. <laughs> Thank you very much. Anyway, coming up in this particular episode, we are going to be talking pitch inspections, particularly at this time of year because it's getting colder. The weather's getting naff and it's not great. More on that in just a moment. First, I think we need to, we need to come up with a competition prize winner because you might recall in the last episode of the Referees World podcast... We set a rather nice competition uh, to give away um, a whole pile of nice stuff, courtesy of Ross and our friends at refchat.co.uk. Uh, and it was it was a nice little package, this, Rich, wasn't it's it? It's a very nice little package. And, um, we all like if, a nice if, package. If I say to you, I have this package here in my hand now. Well, Rich, smile, Rich, please. OK, I'm smiling, but let's leave it there, shall we? You yeah, know yeah. what I mean. Yeah, you but it is, it's a very nice, pe- um, a nice piece of... Um, okay. <laughs> He's thrown himself Sorry, yeah, yeah, you fluffed me there. Uh, but it's a it's a very tidy piece of um, referee's uh, apparel, uh, and I think it would be uh, you know a good asset for anybody's kit bag. And basically, um, for those that have entered, then you'll have seen the picture on the website refereesworld.co.uk. Uh, what we have here is a nice little, if you can imagine, a nice toilet bag. All yeah, right, it's a very nice uh, but a nice toilet bag for all your referee incidentals. So you can hold your cards in there, your whistles, your notepads, uh, your pencils, all your little bits as well. Um, and we're also chucking in uh, cards with it. We're going to chuck in some of those uh, um, reusable cards, yes. which are good, or yeah. weather cards, which mm. are good. There's a whistle, there's a coin to flip as well. There's the notepad. Um, there's also uh, a little arm wallet. Okay, that you can put your you can put your phone in it if you like. You can put stuff in it, basically. Yeah, definitely. I think is how we described it last time. But I think it will probably be used to put the um, buzzer flags buzzer in, won't it? Oh, I would have thought so. Yeah, the battery pack. Nice yeah, referees. That's notepad. A, uh, I've just opened the, uh, the the wallet itself, and I, I I have looked at it, but I only looked at it in the package. And now I'm looking through. You're talking about packages thing. again. <laughs> um, is everything yeah. right at home, Rich? Yes. <laughs> Don't start me. I've, I've been coughing quite heavily recently. Stop it. Stop it. Oh, um, ref, it's got. Uh, there's a nice little booklet here. Rest World All Weather Notebook. Uh, I'm trying to focus on this. Ideal for all packages. <laughs> right. Okay. Come on. Move let's on, leave Dad. it there. Right. Move let's on. set the question. Okay. He's naughty. Because uh, we've got some interesting answers. Basically, the question we set was this. Uh, a defender scores an own goal straight from a direct free kick outside his penalty area. What does the referee do? A. Award the goal. Have the free kick retaken was B. Or C. Award a corner kick. Uh, basically, the answer we were looking for was C. Award a corner kick. Correct. You, you can't score an own goal from your own free kick restart. Mm. That's, that's what it is. So congratulations to most of you that got it right. Quite surprisingly, yeah. we, we did have some wrong answers here, Rich. There, there were a few of our lads uh, that um, sent their emails in. And just to clarify, those that, the, that received a thank you with a thumbs up, you got it right. Now, all those guys know who, who you are because mm-hmm. you would have received the email. Uh, and then those that didn't get it right, and out of all the entries that we had, there, there were just a little bit more than half a dozen entries. Uh, I gave an explanation. Incorrect entries, that is. Yeah, incorrect entries. Uh, I gave we, had, an ex- we had way more than uh, half a dozen entries. <laughs> no. Um, I gave uh, a brief explanation of the, the restart that it should be and why. 
simple. It's quite simple, but it takes one to re- to remember because it is uh, when it you're is under pressure. The, I was going to say it is one of those, uh, and we've all been there. It's one of those that is fairly simple in the grand scheme mm. of things. But when you're out there and you're amongst the masses, and it doesn't matter what kind of game it comes up in, um, when you're under pressure, and it could come up at a very vital point in a game, mm. it could come up in a, a game which has an awful lot of significance. They are the moments that sometimes that's when you. Damn, what was it again? That's yeah. when perhaps and, it goes. And you are influenced probably, probably sometimes by the biggest shelter on the pitch mm-hmm. who will tell you, oh, that's a goal referee. Yeah, yeah. That's a goal. And you think, yeah, yeah, it's easy to give a goal. You know, and uh, that's it. So, uh, like I say, when you're under pressure, clear thinking is important. Absolutely. Uh, and knowledge of the laws is, you know, is paramount. So, all in all, a really nice prize comes courtesy of refchat.co.uk. The man behind that, the man that donated the prize is on the phone now. Hello, Ross. Good evening, chaps. How are you? By the way, it's yeah. worth pointing out, it is the evening time when we're recording this. Yeah, yeah there you go. I'm all, I'm all good, thank you, Dan. Yes. Yeah, very well. Um, we haven't spoke for a, a good few weeks. How are things generally? I see you're back out on the field. Uh, unfortunately, yes. Uh, applying my trade to all the unfortunate souls in Cornwall. Uh, but no, loving every minute. I'm glad to be back. Good. Excellent. Right. Uh, we've had uh, a really good response with regards to the competition. Uh, all in all, uh, a really nice prize package, so thank you very much for donating that. Uh, okay. t- just, just for those that don't know a bit about yourself and about the um, uh, the website, just just give us a quick recap. Um, obviously, myself, Level 6 referee, have been for too many years now, so I need to do something <laughs> about that. Um, started the forum five years ago. Ref Chat um, is a forum, by the way, just for those that uh, don't yes, know. Yes, indeed. Uh, it started five years ago when I was a bit bored on one New Year's Eve. Don't even go there, Darren. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's been blooming ever since. And, uh, you know, we enjoy it. It's a good way of uh, uh, interacting with other other referees, seeking advice and uh, just generally telling us a bit about yourself. So, uh, you know. And you've got a little shop that. on there now, which is uh, obviously uh, how we, have, we've managed yeah. to blag the stuff from you. Yeah, Rest World UK. Um, obviously tied in with the forum as well. Um, glad to uh, donate it, and I'm sure we can. Uh, with Christmas coming in the new year, I'm sure we can uh, arrange another. Now, package. what about? Let's get it from the man oh, himself. Yeah. What about for those that perhaps entered the competition? Okay, that want to get some stuff from you. If they mention the Referees World podcast, are you willing to do a little deal for them? Oh, always. Um, let's just say, if we say, if I set up a, a nice little discount code yeah. for five percent off, um, if you just type in the word podcast, yeah. Uh, that'll give you uh, 5% off any order. Top man, Worldwide, Ross. UK, whatever you want to do. So Brilliant. Podcast Brilliant. is the key code there, chaps. Excellent. There you go. So a nice little bonus for everybody else to enter. We can only have one... Uh, we can only have one winner. Uh, so, Rich, how are we going to do this? Yeah, we're going to um, ask uh, Ross to choose a number. A number between 1 and 202. 202. Wow, OK. Uh, let's go with 137. One three seven. Rich has got the names and the numbers there. Hold on, hold on. We'll go down the list. One three seven. One three seven. Because we numbered them, everybody. Number one three seven is Michael Hart. Michael Hart. Congratulations. Well done. Fanfare. (laughs) You, Michael. You will be receiving the package. (laughs) Here you go. Here you go again about packages. I know. I know. A nice. Yes. I had to. I had to. Yes. From grassroots to the World Cup. This is the Referees World Podcast with Darren Cullum and Richard Mellon. It's the Referees World Podcast with Darren Cullum and Richard Mellon. Thanks very much for listening. If you're a new listener, welcome. Don't forget you can listen back to all of our podcasts on the website. 
uh, which is refereesworld.co.uk. If you do it via iTunes, just um, uh, sign up and subscribe, and whenever the new podcasts arrive, it'll automatically download into your iTunes. So uh, you've got it on your iPhone, your iPad, um, and then you can take us anywhere you like and listen whenever you like, and that's what it's about. And it doesn't cost anything. It doesn't cost anything. It's all free. That's what we, that is our commitment to you. And we have listeners all over the world. So thank you very much for listening wherever you are. Very quickly, before we move on to our pitch inspection bit, um, just want to mention, I uh, had uh, an email through Twitter. We've had quite a lot of emails through Twitter. Uh, this is from at Referee Kit. Uh, they sort of come on to say, hello, when's the next podcast? Can you please mention we've got loads of stock back in now and uh, they might be able to help you out as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And if we can help you out with anything by giving you a little plug, then uh, by all means... Give us a shout through the website, refereesworld.co.uk. This is Referees World with Darren Cullum and Richard Mellon. Let's move on. Uh, We'll be talking to our guest shortly, who is... Uh, We're talking to Eddie Hughes. Who is Eddie Hughes? Eddie Hughes, former Football League referee. Uh, He's had a very, very uh, long, enjoyable career. And we're going to have a chat with Eddie because Eddie... He had a very controversial moment in his career. Extremely, ah. controver- extremely controversial. Ooh, teaser rich, teaser rich. Yeah, yeah. Brilliant. Okay. First, we're going to talk pitch inspections because obviously the time of year that it is, i.e. November, nearly December, uh, the weather's closing in on us and uh, here, here in the UK particularly has uh, decreased or gone downhill rapidly over the last few weeks or so. Uh, so what we thought we would do tonight is uh, pitch inspections. Rich? Yeah, let's cover pitch inspections. Uh, they and do... this is something that we have talked about on previous podcasts, but there's no time like the present particularly, you know. Yeah. Uh, because we can obviously home in on different areas. Yeah, it puts pressure on to match officials mm. because clubs want to play and clubs don't want to play. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's um, it's challenging for match officials. Mm. So uh, the soggy ones, the hard, crusty, wet ones, uh, sorry, frozen ones. <laughs> uh, I'm having an awful evening. You are having right? a shocker, aren't you, mate? Yeah, yeah. And um, then we have uh, the, the ones with uh, poor visibility. So there's there's three main ones basically, as you've yeah. said, the soggy ones, the the, the foggy ones, perhaps yeah. fog and mist, uh, and the cold ones. Yes, yeah, yeah. So uh, lots to lots to be thinking about there as regards how we go about it. So okay. where do you want to start, Dan? Okay, um, let's um, start where we need to. I'll be the referee, and uh, I would suggest what we do for this exercise is go through perhaps the top three things. For each little subheading, okay. yeah, that's a, that's a so good place. Let's start with soggy wet let's stuff. Start, yeah, let's start with the, the probably <clears throat> the the easier one. I reckon in in, in some cases, yeah. Okay. But you know, arguably, as we go into the other areas, people will say, no, I think it's more difficult to call off a game when it's frozen, or yeah. might be easier. When and it's ultimately, um, in all of this, we're we're concerned about player safety. That's the ultimately yes. That is the overall player safety, mm. duty of care to the players. Okay. Uh, and you know, um, think about the the the, the mobility about, about the field of play. Uh, that that's what comes into uh, consideration on everything. So let's go into the the uh, pitch that is being rained on for mm-hmm. 24, 48 hours prior mm-hmm. to the game. You're called in to do a pitch inspection, uh, and they they're telling you that previously it's been okay. Mm-hmm. So come along at your normal time. Not heard that one before. Mm, yeah. You, oh, last week's ref did. He let it play on. Yeah, yeah. Well, last week's ref has left. The mark on the pitch yes. in terms of you know you've got ruts you've got uh, mm. muddy muddy sort of pit uh, holes and things like that so um, some pitches are not looked after as well as what we would like them to be so like I say that's a reason to get there nice and early if you can mm. don't wait until uh, arrive around half an hour before kickoff because if you arrive half an hour before kickoff and then you decide that the game's not playable you're not popular so how in, do you make okay. yourself 
let's say, put yourself into the uh, professional areas of doing a pitch inspection. Okay, as you know, I haven't been refereeing for quite some time, so I may be a little rusty here, Rich. Uh, the way I would have approached it, I would have, um, first of all, spoken to both the clubs uh, a couple of days beforehand just to make sure, mm. having checked the weather. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Um, we would have a, a slight discussion. Mm. If we all agree that, okay, might rain, might be a bit wet, let's make a decision on the day. So um, uh, I'll have done that bit. Well, on the telephone, you can't tell the clubs that the game no. has to be played. No. But over the telephone, they could tell you the game's off. Yeah. You know, so you, you have to have an open mind when you're sort of communicating with the clubs as regards what's the state of the pitch, do you have any concerns? Mm. Uh, and those are the simple questions you can ask, uh, and you're not at the ground yet. But once you get to the ground, you need to speak to the groundsman or somebody that's looking after the, uh, you know, the, the ground uh, itself mm. uh, and ask him has he got any concerns. Go and have a look at those areas first of all. What sort of things are you going to be going okay. to look for? Then, um, for How are me, you going to go about a, a soggy pitch? Uh, the way I would, um, the way I would uh, uh, assess the situation is um, first thing: pitch inspection with my boots on. Okay, okay. that's interesting. Yeah, yeah, um, I like that. You know, even though I might have my suit still on, yeah, um, and I haven't got changed, I would still put my uh, put your socks boots on, on over your trousers. Over you know, uh, put your socks on over your trousers, mm -hmm. wear your boots, and take a ball. Yeah, um, take, take and a ball. Take a ball, give it a little bit of a kick about, throw it in the air, that kind of stuff. Bounce it, you know, and just 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 to see how the ball's reacting as 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 how as well as how I'm reacting on my feet. Yeah, you know, because it might yeah. be deep in mud, it might be slippy, slidey, or whatever. Um, I think the important point for me is, and this is where I think you've got to stand up, put your put put your chest out. Um, the pitch, the, the field of play, may be uh, perfect all over. But there may be one area, one small area that has got a huge quagmire. Yep. And you can guarantee if there's going to be an accident, that's where it'll happen. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, and I, that's where I, the pressure comes on. Yeah. The, for, for me, I would just advise any referee, don't take any <clears throat> risks. If you've got doubts, don't take a risk. Mm. If, you, if in doubt, bail out. Yeah. And if you can't finish the game, don't, don't start, start it. it. That, that was always that one is, tip that you gave me. That's an easy yeah. one to, to follow. If you can't start the game, don't start it. You know, what about the forecast? Do you, do you consider the forecast? On the day, if the weather's been bad over the previous two days and the forecast has suggested that it may get worse, then yes, um, I would consider that. So when we got a, a wet pitch, we're looking at ball movement. Mm -hmm. Player movement also comes into uh, question because if the ball doesn't run as the players expect it uh, and they're anticipating the ball, say, at a, a different pace to what it actually is rolling at, then obviously there's questions to be asked as regards suitability of, of allowing mm. play to, to begin. And just to reiterate, if you can't finish the game, mm. don't start it. That, that's, that's the message. And the final one I was going to mention was, was water on the pitch. Yeah. You know? um, what do you do? Do you go out there? Do you shovel, shovel the water off? Do you get a fork out and, and, and sort of prick the pitch, if you like, to try and drain the water away? Or if it's not going to... If it's not going to change, but the water table might already be high, mm. uh, and all all the water is doing is lying there and topping up, and it's not going anywhere. So consequently, it's it's a tough decision to say we're not playing today, lads. Mm. And for sure, whilst you've got two teams there that have arrived and they do want to play because they've both arrived, you've got to make the the, the safe decision mm -hmm. without risk uh, to the players. Uh, and for, for sure, you're not going to please all players when you say it's off, lads.
and arguably if you uh, play a game uh, and there's a, a nasty injury um, because of the conditions should you have started so those are the things that, to think about ultimately as Rich has mentioned if there is an injury it's your head that's on the block basically yeah I don't want to frighten anybody no. but, but we do have <laughs> a responsibility it does sound a bit harsh but yeah, yeah, yeah put it it like that but... we have a responsibility uh, Towards player safety, mm. uh, and that's where play, uh, that's where referees base their pitch inspection. Okay, so we're looking at pitch inspections with the weather closing in as it has done. We've looked at a soggy, dirty, boggy pitch. Let's move on now to when the uh, you get to the game and uh, low lying cloud, fog, mist, um, mm. and and how to deal with that. Again, uh, the things that I would personally look for uh, is basically how thick how thick the fog is straight away. Yeah, um, the forecast. Uh, is it lifting? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, um, I think there was a, a couple of weeks ago we had a little bit of fog, foggy morning, but it soon cleared because the sun was strong enough mm. still to burn it off. Now, if you've got a an overcast day and and the fog has come down and it's been down there for I don't know eight, nine, ten hours overnight. What's the chances of it lifting? Uh, what was it like the day before if it was a similar type of day? Mm. Does the fog lift quickly? Does it not? Uh, and then if it's not but you think it could be playable, what would you be looking for to say, yes, it's playable, or no, it's not playable? What would mm. what would determine your decision to say it's not playable, Darren? Well, um, for me, it would be a case of what, how far ahead I can see. Yep. Um, can I see the goalposts? Can I see the lines? Can I see my assistants? Uh, and kit colour as well. Kit colour comes into it. Because there's a lot of white kits out there. And yeah. if um, you rock up with a white kit... On a, lo- on a lovely day, white's playing all, all white playing all yellow yeah. is fantastic. But not when it's foggy. (laughs) Not when it's foggy. You know, so there is there is an element of that to to come into it. And when you say, "Can I see the goals?" Can I see? Is it just about what you can see, Mm. or is it the players as well? Oh, absolutely. Because 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 players, let's say, playing diagonal passes from halfway line across to the left wing. Now, where that ball goes in the air, you know, how it travels, uh, you know, is it a problem? How, how well can you actually see? How well can the players actually see? So consequently, you know, here we are again talking about, uh, you know, a little bit of safety. Mm. I'd say safety. I mean, people might say, what sort of safety is involved? Well, that ball hitting the player, um, you know, in the face, in the wrong in the wrong part of the body where it hurts. And you guys who listen to this know, know what I mean as regards where it hurts uh, in certain places, in the breadbasket mm. type of thing. So it's, it's all about visibility uh, and being able to sort of, uh, be mobile around the pitch uh, or the field of play sorry mm. but around the pitch um, assistant referees what about assistant mm. referees they come into this because well you've got to be able to communicate with them whether they are neutrals or whether they are club assistant referees you still need to have an element of control yeah. of the game goal line decisions able to, goal line decisions made by the assistant referee they challenges challenges uh, and all sorts of things mm. come into play what about colour of the ball colour of the ball absolutely you know, I'd go for a bright yellow one on this one or orange. <laughs> I like those orange ones. If, if you're playing at football league level uh, and the higher areas, then you do get mm. a, a colour-coded ball for, for the winter games, for, mm. for, the, you know, for those matches. But at grassroots level, not everybody's got coloured uh, footballs. So, you know, the, the standard white football, the Mitre, the mm. Nike, the whatever football that we're using. Other brands are available. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, the, the, the colour of the ball has to be considered as well. Um, so lots of things to consider for fog uh, and uh, misty conditions make sure that visibility is equal for everybody uh, and consider um, a punt by the goalkeeper from one end to the other at what stage does the ball become uh, unseen 
it, it, can it be seen all the way down the field of play? I'm not saying that if you can't see it from one end to the field or the other, that it shouldn't be played. But these are the things you have to consider. It's mm. it's challenging. These are challenging situations, and they and they are going to happen somewhere in the, in the country or in the UK. And as we've already discussed, if you don't think you can finish the game, then don't start it. Absolutely. Right, OK. Uh, we've still got a guest to come. Uh, that guest is on the way shortly. First, let's finish off this little section about pitch inspections. Probably the tough one uh, out of the three that we've chosen to, to go with is the cold, the cold weather, the frozen pitch, um, the ruts in the ground, mm. all that kind of stuff. And, mm. you know, <laughs> the old key test. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, that's, that's the cricket game. There you uh, go. That's the cricket match, isn't it? You know, um, so, Ian Botham's key test. And the thing is with the cold, um, it can change so rapidly. And I know I've mentioned this particular game um, before on previous podcasts, but you remember that under-18s game that I was going to do? Mm. We knew it was going to be a cold night and we were expecting cold weather. Um, but at the time, through the afternoon, I was keeping a check on the pitch, uh, the field of play. And uh, when we got down there... It was it was playable. It was certainly playable. But I remember the the hour between half past six and half past seven, it just became drastically cold. The temperature dropped. The temperature dropped really, very, very quickly. really quickly, mm-hmm. and it made a massive div- difference. And I was concerned about one side of the field of play, which had been in the shelter from the sun all day. Yeah. So it hadn't had a chance to really thaw out properly. And we did the warm ups. I was a bit. Mm, I don't know. Do we? Do we not? Do we not? Teams were really wanting to play because it was a local derby. Yep. And just before the kickoff, I did call it off. Yeah. At 7.30, it might have been playable. Yeah. But second half, kicking off at quarter to nine. Temperature was dropping it really dro- rapidly. It dropped yeah. drastically. So consequently, it's one of those that you didn't think you were mm. going to finish it. So yeah. why start it? Why, why put everybody through that situation? That is the most under pressure I've been to call off a game because we were so close to mm. kicking off. Everybody was geared up for it and I just... I just had to take the take take the decision. So I'm sorry, but you know there are areas of this particular uh, field of play that are going to cause some injury, mm. and later on through the course of the night, yeah, uh, based on how quickly that temperature was falling, it could have been quite well, severe. Here, here we are in the Taunton area where, where we're based, <laughs> uh, and on a Saturday game, you can have a nice Saturday afternoon, say in December or January, and it's very playable. You know, uh, there's a, sort of winter sunshine and it's making it very playable but overnight temperature drops and we drop down to uh, zero and it's freezing and the ground uh, freezes up now anything that's been played on if it's not being treated by the next morning it, and it's frozen arguably it's going to cause some dangerous ruts mm. and protrusions uh, for the players on a Sunday morning game so consequently whilst they played on it yesterday it might have been good with that, this is how we're talking well, they played on it yesterday on Saturday but come Sunday morning that pitch has firmed up quite a lot and it's not going to defrost uh, in time for it to be playable mm. so you know look at the things that might cause a hazard for the players look at the things that are not just uh, ruts and protrusions in there but Players running on the, on the ground, on the hard ground. People will say, uh, but it's no different running on hard ground in December to playing uh, and running on hard ground in, in August. Mm. Well, I'm it afraid is. it is. The divots, it is. the divots become razor sharp at oh, times, yeah. don't they? Yeah. And, and when you think about it, um, the, the hard grounds in the winter, are it's frozen ro- mm. water in the ground. That, that's what makes it dangerous because it becomes slippery uh, and it's not very nice to, to the skin and, and the bones uh, when you fall on it and slip 
you know, you slip, you bang your head as well. Yeah. You and, can be knocked if, out cold. No pun players, intended, obviously. If players slip accidentally, mm. they don't necessarily mean to foul the guy, but mm. it might become a careless foul, mm. and you could have a nasty injury from it. So, um, ruts, protrusions, uh, and things like that on frozen grounds, very difficult to to make the judgment. And if you can't break them down just by sticking your heel into it, um, you know, by by your ordinary shoe type of thing or your trainer, I, I would suggest that you shouldn't be really playing it. I was going to say, is that the test now, or would you stick with the old key test? What's the way um, I, I'll be inclined to use as much as possible mm. to, to convince myself and to give me as much information. Enough backup. About, is yeah, and lots of backup uh, and to avoid risk. Um, use the key test, as you mm. rightly um, suggested. Uh, I like the idea of that. Um, that, for that, those that. That was quite trendy at the time, wasn't it? For those listening that don't know what the key test is, just explain a bit yeah, about the key it test, um, the, the key test came about um, through cricket. Uh, when they were checking the wicket, weren't they? Uh, and I, I, I'm sure it was Ian Botham uh, on uh, on his um, commentary uh, came up with the key, the key test. Uh, and you can tell how, how good the ground is as regards if you can put the key into it. If it's a bit too soft, then it would be a question. In cricket terms, it would be a question of a little, being a little bit of a pudding uh, and uh, not playable. But the key test, if the key doesn't go into the ground, then for cricket reasons, it would be playable. But in football reasons, if the key doesn't go mm. into the ground, it's not playable. It's certainly not playable. Uh, and kick around the, the ruts and you know the, break them down if you can that were caused by uh, the game before, uh, in, uh, the, the day before. If you can break them down, maybe it's playable. Mm. If, you, if you leave the pitch to four for half an hour uh, and delay kickoff, could it become playable? But if the forecast is not to change, then I don't think you should be playing. If in doubt, bail yeah. out. It's not nice to call games No, off, it's not. And it, there is a lot of pressure on you. Yes. But it's all about the player safety. Yes. So hopefully you found that useful. If not, get in touch with us through the website, refereesworld.co.uk. If you've got any questions that you feel that we could answer for you, then please feel free to get in touch. Uh, we're on Twitter as well, at refereesworld. Got a lot of followers knocking about at the moment, Rich. Uh, we're hanging around the sort of, well, over 3,000 mark, isn't it? Oh, well over 3,000 Well over 3,000. We're, we're moving Great. towards three and a half. Wow. Yeah, Good yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Good stuff. So that's, um, only, that's only on Twitter. Yeah. It's great. Twitter. We're on Facebook as well. In fact, if you go onto the Facebook page, there's an interesting offside video that we've posted up there for mm. you to have a look at and make mm. your decision. Okay, we won't go into it now because we're going about to bring our guest on, but yeah. have a look, get involved, like the page, be part of the conversation. It's the Referees World podcast with Darren Cullen and Richard Mellon. Let's bring on a guest, so, Rich. Who are we bringing our on? Guest speaker to today? Eddie Hughes. Uh, Eddie Hughes. Eddie, hello. Hello there. How are you? We're very well. Welcome to the Referees World podcast. A first time for you. We'll be gentle with you and we'll look after you, I That's promise. very kind of you. Thank Good. You. Excellent. Dignitaries out of the way. First of all, Eddie, uh, tell us a bit about yourself, your background, uh, how you got into refereeing, that kind of stuff. Yes. Um, well, I got into refereeing, as most people do. Um, they have an injury playing football, um, and I would got a back injury. I could run around, but I couldn't kick a ball. So I decided to have a word about refereeing. So um, I took the test in... Uh, Nottingham, where I was stationed, and um, I passed it. 80% was the pass mark in those days. And I then started refereeing in Nottingham. So that's how I started. Um, but I continued, to, once I was fit again, uh, regarding my back, um, I kept playing football, and I was playing in the RAF and played for the RAF teams. Um, and I also was fortunate to get um, playing for Norwich City, uh, reserves, um, but then I was posted again, and I continued to referee whilst I was playing 
organising it midweek and uh, Sundays, playing Sundays and refereeing on Saturdays. And then when I got to the Football League middle, which was um, quite incredible as far as I was concerned. What was your first game in the middle Football League? Uh, the first game was Bournemouth versus Hartlepool. And on the line, I had um, two um, linesmen. One was Jerry Collier and Bill Bombroff was the other. And one had done six years on the Football League line and the other had done seven years. And uh, I'd only done two years on the linesman's list. So they were really very senior to me. You had good backup then, which, you know, on your first game. Yeah, it was great because I said, I feel a little bit embarrassed because I've only been on the Football League linesman's list for two years and I've just done a supplementary, started my supplementary list as they had those days. And they said, look, Eddie, you're the referee. We're here to help you. And that was it. And they gave me absolute superb service. And, uh, of course, that, that helps, doesn't it, when you've got good support. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, makes a difference. Makes makes a difference to how you um, do the game, doesn't it? Yeah, the camaraderie in um, football match officials is unbelievable. Mm. And, yeah, um, it's you know, incredible. It's absolutely superb. Friends, for, friends for life, Eddie, isn't, isn't it? You know. Yes. And yes. In, absolutely. In every sense. Um, yeah. Eddie, um, I'm going to ask a, a personal question here. How yeah. old are you? Uh, I'll be eighty-one. Twenty-eighth uh, of this month. Wow. Eighty-one. 28th of this month. Happy birthday. This month is November, by the way, just depending on when you're listening. Oh, yes. (laughs) Uh, Let's talk about some uh, learning experiences for our listeners. Now, um, talk to me about the most, sorry, the lowest point in your your refereeing career. Um, Well, I guess uh, you're plumping for when I call the two teams off from the field of play early. Um, at Crystal Palace and Fulham. Um, I had uh, two colleagues. Um, when I blew my whistle for the final uh, of the game, they came across me and said, uh, you're two minutes light, Ed. I said, what do you mean I'm two minutes light? He said, you're two minutes short. We, we've uh, checked the time and you're too early. I said, oh. So I said, Right, okay, so I went to the dugout and I said to Teddy Bellum, who's the manager of uh, Crystal Palace, I said, don't let your team get changed because they've got to come out again because we're not played sufficient. The laws of the game say it's 45 minutes each half and we haven't had 45 minutes for the second half. So he said, all right. And then the actual trainer of uh, Fulham was in the dug out, not the manager, it was Bobby Campbell, and Terry Bellman said, I don't want to see this chap in, I want to see Bob, Bobby Campbell. So they went, well, they came into the dress, into the referee's dress room, and I explained the situation, and uh, Bobby Campbell says, you want me to take my team out, and by the way, Fulham were leading 1-0 at the time, and uh, I said, yes, I said, the laws of the game state I must play 45 minutes each way. So I said, we with uh, couple of minutes of stoppage time that I've got, plus the two minutes that I've whistled up early, um, I need to play another four minutes. So Bobby Campbell said, well, you're the boss. And I thought he was absolutely brilliant that he should do that because his team were leading 1-0. And Terry Venables said, uh, I haven't said a word. And I said, I appreciate that, Mr. Venables. Um, but obviously he was pleased to 
for his team to go out and get the chance to equalise or possibly win. So anyway, we went out and uh, Fulham uh, just seems to be able to get the ball away from their goal. They had about four corners consecutively and then they finally broke away and the winger was clear, shot at goal and missed. But eventually it ended up as 1-0 for Fulham. And Fulham were third in the table and Crystal Palace were top at the time. So it was uh, quite an interesting game under any situation. That must have been the longest two minutes of your life. Well, it, it was very long. Uh, I just I, I thought it would be unfair that, that they would go in and Fulham and Crystal Palace didn't play the game for them to score any more goals. Um, so it, when it was actually televised, the game, and when I came back in the dressing room after we'd finished, um, Brian Moore, the late part Brian Moore, not done long, I called him in and he, he said, um, oh, I must shake your hand, Eddie. I said, oh, that's, that's nice. I said, thanks very much, Brian. Why is that? He said, uh, I thought you were very brave. I said, why? He said, well, you came out again after the, you'd blown up for what would appear to be final time. I said, well, no, I said, and I explained about it. And he said, I see that. I see. I still think it's very, very brave of you, but I just didn't see it that way. I just thought I hadn't uh, fulfilled my job as a referee. That it, it, just the way you're describing it. Um, and Rich and I were talking about this prior to speaking to you on the phone. But that is a brave, brave move, and you know you're to be applauded for doing that. What experiences did you learn from that, and what advice would you give to any referee uh, these days that did a similar thing? Well. Um and prevent it happening the thing is to make sure that you check your stopwatch when you stop for um, an injury because I'd stopped the, the game in the 20th minute of the second half for an injury and the watch that I had was one of the old lever type which you pushed and you didn't press like you have these uh, as we use now mm. and um, I just pushed it and assumed that it, it started again and of course I put it into my back pocket where I keep my stop, my that particular stopwatch, and not the the other uh, watch I had on my my wrist. That was the one for stoppages, and the other one I kept running. Um, but um, the thing is, always check mm. that you your watch has started again before you put it away, Been or there. where you you look at it and check it because now well you have it on your wrist. You've done that uh, one. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so. Funny enough, I've never done it since. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear me. You know, make the mistake once, yeah. Eddie, don't we? Yeah. Don't we? We live and learn. Yeah, absolutely. We're always living and learning. And like I say, for such a distinguished career that you've had. Uh, and when, when did you actually finally hang up your whistle, Eddie? When? Yeah. Um, my final game was a Wood Springs Junior League Cup final. And uh, that was May this year. May uh, this year, 2015. Well done. Yeah. Incredible. Oh, I just, just as a PS, um, that match that uh, I had to stop early, um, I actually won Sportsman of the Month for the big match, the ITV. The big match? Yes. Wow. Um, Brian Moore put my name forward and um, there was John Burridge, the goalkeeper for Crystal Palace. Bajiba. And, um, oh, lad from Watford, Luther Blissett. They were the other two that were put up for it. And um, when uh, I was put forward, Carl said, oh, you, you might win that. I said, no, no, it's a, a footballer's uh, 
programme. They, they wouldn't, not for a referee, because we weren't the uh, most attractive people on the football field. And uh, so anyway, John Burridge was second, I think, and Luther Brissett third or the other way about. And I actually was uh, voted Sportsman of the Month for October 1978. Another Eddie, fantastic. Brilliant. That is fantastic. OK, let, let's, let's finish here on a high. The highlight of your refereeing career. Well, they, they were all, to me, they were all highlights because going out to referee, oh, I suppose, uh, not actually refereeing, I, I went to Hungary um, for a UEFA Cup match with the late Gordon Q. Oh, he is passed away, yes, Gordon Q, who did the cup final shortly after. Um, I was on the line for the semi-final of the FA Cup at Stamford Bridge, Crystal Palace and um, Southampton. Difficult. They were all did you, did you, did you officiate at Wembley, Eddie, the old Wembley? Oh, yes. Um, that was only um, a six-a-side tournament. Only? Uh, only? The only. fact that you were on the hallowed turf. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Eddie, um, only. And it was quite incredible because obviously we were treated, uh, because it was a game before the um, Charity Shield. Yep. Mm-hmm. So we all went out with Carol, my wife, who's been brilliant over the, all this time, as you can well imagine, oh, the time has been away. Um, I actually could see her in the crowd, although there was 100,000 there. <laughs> I picked them out because all the wives and girlfriends of the officials were in a row together in the stand. But, uh, yes, I went on the hallowed turf. You picked your wife out in the 100,000 crowd. Eddie, I'm just going to tell you, you've got referee's eyesight. (laughs) Brilliant. Listen, Eddie, it's been um, a pleasure to speak to you, and thank you for sharing your highs and lows on the Referees World podcast. This is Referees World. Listen online at refereesworld.co.uk or search iTunes for Referees World.